Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Well, we know that we're living in an exceedingly dark time. Over in Isaiah, the 60th chapter, the Bible says in verse 1, to arise and shine because your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. But he also says this, he says, behold, in verse 2, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, his glory will be seen upon you. So there is great darkness, deep, thick darkness that's covering the earth. That darkness is getting thicker and thicker and thicker. And what is that darkness specifically? That darkness is deception, deception. People's eyes not able to see because it's so dark. In other words, they're not able to see correctly. Oh, they can see. People have people that have working physical eyes, they can see, but can they see correctly? Can they discern what's going on around them? Can they recognize a lie when it's going on right in front of them? Well, as things get darker and darker. That means less people will be able to discern, discern what's right from what's wrong. But you and I are to be growing in our discernment. We see that in Hebrews, the fifth chapter, verse 11. He says, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you, talking to Christians, since you have become dull of hearing. Isn't that terrible? Now, you think about it. If Christians can be dull of hearing or hard of hearing, you know, it's difficult for them to hear. Then what do you think the condition is of those who aren't even saved? They don't even know the Lord. Why, they're completely deaf. They're completely deaf. Well, as you and I, thank God, we might not be completely deaf, but we don't want to be dull of hearing either. We don't want to be hard of hearing. We, we, want, we want to hear loud and clear. We want to hear loud and clear and be able to to see what we need to see. Verse 12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you. Again, the first principles of the oracles of God. Now, that doesn't mean we don't go over the first principles of the oracles of God. We need to always be going over those principles. But he's talking about people that they don't even, they just don't even got that yet. And And we're talking about Christians that have been, you know, in the things of God for years. They, they, they need to be taught it like, you know, like it's their first time. That's what he's talking about here. He says, uh, and you have come need of milk and not solid food. Milk there he's talking about is, is the word of God. And he's likening it to milk. You remember over in Second Peter chapter 2, it says, as new, verse 2, it says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. He's talking about being spiritual babies. And growing up. But we're to move on, not just drink milk, but move on to the meat and potatoes of the things of God. That means, man, we, 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 are, we have the ability to really hear 
and comprehend or grasp great things from God. We have great understanding. He says in verse 13, For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. God's word is called, among other things, the word of righteousness. Notice he says, we ought to be skilled in the word. Skilled. Every one of us. Every, not just the pastor. No, every one of us, all Christians, were to become skillful with our Bibles. Skillful with what God is saying, what God is doing, what he's wanting to do. We need to be skillful. Skillful. Say skillful. That's you. You're becoming skillful. You're not like these folks here. They, 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 didn't, they weren't going anywhere. But you and I are going somewhere. We're growing up. Right? That's where we're going. We're going up. We're growing up. We're becoming skillful in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. Well, we're not. We're growing up. Verse 14. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So notice that as we do the word of God, as we use it, right? He said, who, who by reason of use, use of what? Use of, the, use of the word. They're making use of the word. They're making use of the promises of God. They're making use of the righteousness of God. They're, in other words, they're being doers of the word. They're putting the word to work, putting it to use. By reason of use, what happens? They're exercising. They're exercising and causing themselves to discern the difference between good and evil, between Truth and a lie. That's you and I. We're growing up, becoming more discerning. We got really good ears. Really, we're really sharp. And we're able to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us. See, we're not dull and just in the flesh where, you know, the Bible's being ministered. And we just, we just see a man standing there talking into your device. That's, and that's what we say. And say, I don't quite understand that. Well, that was good. And we're just seeing according to the flesh. See, that's, that's not really recognizing what's going on here. We need, to, we need to recognize what God is doing. We need to hear what the Spirit is saying. What is God wanting to say to you today? What is he saying right now? This is God talking to you. When you know it's him talking to you, you take it very, very serious, and that opens you up to hear more. So we have to watch about just approaching the Bible in the flesh. That's very important. So you might have just, you know, just woken up, rolled out of bed. And, oh, man, oh, yeah, it's church, okay. And you're just kind of there doing your time. Well, you're not going to become skillful in the word of righteousness. You're not, you're not going to have ears to hear very much from the Spirit of God. You've got to stir yourself up and, and recognize, man, God's talking to me. This is an appointment with God. This is a divine appointment. I take this seriously. 
I take this time serious. I'm going to get everything God has for me. Why don't you just say that right now? You see, I have you say these things because it gets the juices flowing. It gets things stirred up. It's very easy to just sit there, zombie-like, you know. And so and I know some of you, you're ready. I mean, you're on, you're on the edge of the seat. I got you. I see the pen right there in your hand. I mean, you got your pen. You're ready to go. I mean, you're ready to. But then there's some that I kind of see you too. And, and, and it's okay. Your pajamas don't bother me. But I just want to encourage you. Let's, let's, let's lean into this this morning. Let's get everything God has for us and grow up and become more discerning. There's a lot of folks going through this world not being able to discern between the good and the evil. They can't, they don't recognize it. They're blind. They're in the darkness. Sadly, there's a lot of Christians, not only dull of hearing, but they have difficult seeing as well. And of course, I'm talking spiritually. And so as a result, they believe the lies. Because again, that's what darkness is. It's deception. And so, we live in a world that is full of deception. That's the kind of world you and I live in. But you and I are to be the light of the world. I mean not just have light, but to have so much light in you that you become a light outwardly to this world around you. That's how we're supposed to go through this place. We're not in the dark. We're not in the same place of ignorance as the majority of the people of this world. You say, how could you say it's the majority of the people of this world? Because Jesus said it over in Matthew chapter 7. He said there's very few that find the way to eternal life. That find their way to true faith in him. He said that path is narrow. But the the way to death and destruction, that way of darkness, that way that is full of deception, man, that's, that's wide and heavily traveled. Heavily traveled. See, that's the majority. The majority of the people are living in a lie, believing a lie. They're walking in deception. And, of course, the one behind all this deception is not a man. It's Satan. It's the devil. He's the, he's the, he is the deceiver. And he does inspire people to be deceptive. And the more people will yield to him, the more they will grow in darkness. The more of a dark, devious, deceptive person they will become. So just like we can grow in God and become more discerning and have more light and be a light to the world, it can go the opposite way as well. We could, we could grow in darkness. Just how? Just by reason of use. By reason of use. Just, just, just keep practicing righteous, unrighteousness. Just keep practicing evil. Just keep feeding on evil. Just, just keep doing it. And you grow. You'll grow up. And that's, what's, that's what has stunted the growth of a lot of Christians spiritually as well is because they are trying to do both. They're trying to grow up spiritually in God, become skillful in righteousness, while at the same time hanging on to a lot of unrighteous things that are pulling the wool over their eyes. 
and blinding them spiritually. So a lot of folks are just neutralized. You know, they're not going anywhere. That's, that's, that's not you and I. Whenever we, whenever we give any kind of place, we yield to, to darkness at all, we repent of that. And why do we repent of it? Because that's how we renounce it. That's how we turn from it, by confessing it as sin and saying, Lord, forgive me, take responsibility for it. That's how we get free from it. That's how we get, that's how we're able to get clean of that, that the veils can come off of us and the consequences of those things can be broken off of us. So, so that's what we do if we, if, we, if we do miss it. We're not looking to miss it. We're not looking to miss it. We're looking to continue to fill ourselves up with the light and love of God. Amen. Over in Ephesians, talk some more about this. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. Yeah, let's go back. Let's go back to verse 8. Why not? For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Wow, what a powerful thing. You were once darkness. You weren't just in the darkness. You were a part of it. You were darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. I don't know. I just All these kind of things just... Get me excited. I mean, I could just get excited about that. You know, the word you'll find, and I know you are finding, is getting more and more real to you. So things that you've known, you're knowing even more. Things that you've seen, you're seeing them even more. You're seeing, you're seeing just how great these truths are. You're growing in your revelation of how great all these truths are that, man, I was darkness. I mean, I can just think about that. I was darkness. Now I am light. Now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Proving what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Notice that he's telling us, now that we're not of the darkness anymore, we should have no fellowship Everybody say no fellowship. No fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. There's no partnership. There's no fellowship. There's no enjoyment in that. We don't like darkness. That's why we got delivered from it. That's why we got saved. Amen. That's why we, get, we got set free from it. I, I'm so glad I got set free from darkness. And I'm going to stay 
free of it. I'm going to stay free. I like free. I was bound in darkness, but then I got delivered and was brought into the light. And I have found out that being delivered and in the light is a whole lot better than sitting in the darkness. No, thank God. We're not going to stay in that darkness. Again, what is that darkness? It's deception. It's believing lies. Living in lies. Being a liar and living a lie. And again, there's degrees of it. There's people that mature in darkness. And they're called in in Ephesians chapter 2, they're called sons of disobedience. Here we could be newborn babes in Christ, grow up as children of God, and then go on and be sons of God. And the Bible says in the book of Romans that those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, the ones that are led by Him. They are sons. That, That speaks of maturity, see? Well, it's the same way with darkness. There's people that are mature in darkness. They're, ma- they're mature in evil. They're mature deceivers. You could say professional liars. The Bible tells us this is the kind of world we live in. Now, most, most people, they're just in the dark. They're not necessarily malicious. They're not murderers. They're not vindictive. They're not trying to destroy people's lives and take over the world. Most people are just in the darkness, being led and controlled by those who have matured and are trying to take over the world and are trying to control and manipulate other people's lives. I'm sure, you know, most people aren't looking to manipulate. I mean, people that I grew up with, grew up with in darkness as an unsaved person. You know, they, they, were, they were just like I was. I mean, again, like I said, we weren't looking to set traps for people, trick people, and plot against people and try to overcome them and destroy them. I mean, most people I, that I'm aware of weren't like that. Because sometimes you never know who's among you when you're out here in the darkness. But that's why you need discernment. That's why you need to become skillful in the word of God because the word is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of a person's heart. So the first thing it's going to do as you get in the word, it's going to show you up. It's going to show up any kind of false motives in you. It's going to show up any kind of false motives, any kind of fakeness, any kind of evil that's in you. That's what happens. You get in the, get in the word of God. And that light gets inside you and you go, man, that, that's not right. It sounded good, looked good, but my motives were wrong. Lord, forgive me. Holy Spirit, help me. And the Holy Spirit just guides you through this process of getting you cleansed of all that kind of stuff. So at first, it's a discerner of the intents and thoughts of you. But then as you become cleaner and become light, become more full of light, then you'll begin to see the world differently. And you'll be able to see deceptive people and deceptive things that are going on around you. I mean, sometimes there's some things, it's so obvious, you think the whole world sees it. And yet, most people don't have a clue. They don't have a clue. But you're over here in this light, and you look, and you're like, why can't they see this? Don't, 
don't they? Why are people going that way? Even among Christians, you see them getting, getting sucked in to some kind of deceptive fellowship among other dirty Christians. You know, I mean, they're Christians, but they're not living for God. Motives are selfishness. And then you got Christians that are going in the right direction. Suddenly they get off course. They stop following these people. And next thing you know, they're dirty and they're all messed up. And you think, well, how, how, how could they have followed them? How could they have listened to them for five minutes? I mean, without knowing. Because they were exercised to discern the difference between good and evil. They couldn't discern the intents of people's hearts, their motives. So, we don't want to be deceived. We want to walk in the light and be able to see clearly what's going on. I mean, think about Jesus. Nobody could pull anything over on Jesus, right? I mean, he even had a whole bunch of disciples. I'm not just talking about the 12. Uh, but even among the 12, he knew, he knew what Judas was all about. He was watching Judas from the very beginning, and he was seeing Judas going the wrong way. I mean, Judas thought he had the master all faked out, you know? As Judas just started thinking more about money and power and all these different motives that he had. And he was just, Judas is over here listening to Satan, following Satan, the inspiration that Satan's given him. And Jesus wasn't unaware of it. In fact, over in John the 6th chapter, Jesus had a whole lot of disciples following him. And they're all following him and things. And, and he knew it got to a point where a lot of them weren't following him for the right reasons. They were just following him in the flesh to just try to gain fleshy things from him. They weren't wanting to be spiritual. They weren't looking to grow spiritually and be pleasing to God and understand the heart of God. They just wanted to get stuff for themselves according to the flesh. So Jesus knew that. And in John 6, you can read it for homework later on after the service. In John 6, Jesus, you know, he starts saying things to just weed them out. Things that... He knew would just show up their motives, show up their hearts. And it did. And the Bible says many of his disciples from that point on followed him no more. They got offended and they left him. But the Bible says, but Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe in him and who would betray him. He knew it from the beginning. How did he know that? He's the light of the world. He's not in the dark. He's not in deception. He's not a deceiver. And so, therefore, he can't be deceived. Here's the deal. The less of a deceiver you are, the less you can be deceived. Now, that's some incentive to not be deceptive. Because the more deceptive you are, the more deceived you are. Number one, you'll be deceived by Satan. I mean, regardless of other people deceiving you and things like that, they're all just yielding to his inspiration anyway, the devil's inspiration anyway. But Satan is the mastermind behind blinding people and deceiving people. And so, if you yield to him and deceive, then you will be deceived. What you sow, that's what you reap. And you always reap more than what you sowed. It always, the, the crop always comes back greater than the seed. And so, we don't want to have anything to do with deception because we don't want to be deceived. Now, don't, don't start feeling hopeless. Hopelessness is a lack of faith. This should not get you to a place where it's like, oh, it just seems so hopeless. No, it, it, you got the Bible. You got God. 
You've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You've got the new birth. Come on, you've got angels all around you. We can get this. We can grow in the truth. We can walk in the light. We can be a light to this world. We can walk even as he walked. Even as our master walked. We can walk in that kind of light. Just take responsibility for your actions and feed upon the word of God. And do it. Be a doer of what he says. Speak it. Yield to it. And by reason of use, right, you'll become skillful. You'll become skillful in the word. You'll become skillful in righteousness. You'll become skillful in light, in light. And it'll show up darkness all around you so that you're not taken in by all kinds of wicked schemes and scams, there's a lot of scams out there, you know. You know, there's people that, that try to scam you to make money off you, right? You, we got all these scams on the internet and things. People make phone calls. I get this one phone call from this lady. It's always a different phone number, you know. But it's the same recorded voice. You know, she's got the sweetest voice in the world. And she's like, hi, I'm Jennifer. Last week she was something else. But today she's Jennifer. Hi, I'm Jennifer. And you have won. Your name was chosen. Then why aren't you telling me my name? Because you don't know my name. Anyway, scams. <laughs> There's all kinds of scams out there. And there are professional scammers, man. I mean, they, that's what they do for a living. Think about that. Imagine being that kind of a human being. You're so debased. You're so pathetic that you, you just think about how you can steal from people. You're so weak and you're so pitiful that you can't go out and succeed at something that's positive, that's good, that's upright. Instead, you, you've got you've to lie and cheat. Let me tell you something. Any devil can do that. That's a weak person. People that steal, lie, cheat, kill, destroy, destroy things, blow things up. Any demon can do that. Any defeated demon that's going to spend eternity in the lake of fire can do that. But, you know, it takes strength of spirit. It takes knowledge and wisdom. It takes something of some substance to go out and build people's lives up and help people and give, right? And be a blessing. Now now you are something. So we, we don't want to have anything to do with the unfruitful works of darkness where we're becoming more and more debased, more and more dark and pathetic. No, 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 no. We don't want anything to do with that. Don't want anything to do with that. We want to become sharper, 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 sharper. Better and better, stronger and stronger. We're going from strength to strength, faith to faith, glory to glory, better to better to better to better to better. Hallelujah. Amen. So notice he says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, verse 11, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. This big secret. Notice, shameful. It's shameful. That word shameful can mean filthy, base, and dishonorable. It's dishonorable 
to fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. We are to expose them. Notice what it says in Ephesians, the fourth chapter. We're right here in Ephesians 5. Go back to Ephesians 4. And notice this here in verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints, that's you, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Notice that the work of the ministry, unfruitful works of darkness. Work of the ministry. See, we're not a part of the unfruitful works of darkness. We're a part of the work of the ministry. That's what, that's what we're doing. Minister to people. What's that all about? Helping people. Delivering people. Setting captives free. Man, doing the works of Jesus. That's the kind of works we're involved in. Verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man or to a mature believer, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, we just keep growing and growing and growing until we grow up to be like Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine or teaching. Watch this. By the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness by which they lie in wait to deceive. I've seen that my King James Bible says it one way, some things one way, and then King James on my computer where I put down my scriptures on paper. Sometimes it's a little bit different. So again, in my Bible, it says, by the trickery of men, trickery of men in the cunning craftiness by which they lie in wait to deceive. Think about that. They're just, that's, I mean, that's they're doing today. They don't know any, they don't know any better. Just the, the way they're going to get to the top is by deceiving, which really is really the, the way to the bottom. The bottom. But they think they're going to the top. They're actually going to the bottom of a swamp. That's where they're going. But they think this is the way to the top. Lying, cheating, and they're lying in wait to do this. Isn't that nice to know? Isn't it nice to know that, you know, you go down the road and there's people lying in wait to deceive you? I mean, think about it. If you were in a jungle, you're going through a jungle, and you don't, you don't have any weapons, right? And you know in this jungle there are lions, tigers, and bears. Oh, my. And you know... That they're all around you in this jungle. I mean, what would you do? Wouldn't you try to make at least some kind of weapon or a stick or something, just knowing that something could jump out of you? Of course you would. You'd go over and you'd get yourself a stick, maybe make yourself a rod, you know. And, and now you're, you're walking through that jungle, and you're walking cautiously, and now all of a sudden you hear, <laughs> oh, man. That could be a little scary, don't you think? That could be a little scary out there, in the wilderness, with, 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 with these wild, ferocious animals that are lying in wait for their victim. Lying in wait for a nice human chop dinner. Not a pork chop, it's a human chop. And they're just waiting to just pounce. Just pounce on, on their prey. Man, that'd cause you to pray, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, that's one of the reasons why we pray, because we know if we don't pray, we'll become prey. If we don't pray to God, we'll become prey to the devil. If we don't pray to God, we will become prey to the devil. Or people that are yielded to the devil, especially some of these folks right here, that are like these lions, like these ferocious, ferocious creatures, lying in wait to deceive. You know, Jesus had to deal with those kind of folks. There were people, no matter where he went to minister, there were those that were plotting and planning and thinking, how can we trick him? How can we trip him up? How can we gain the advantage of him? How can, how can we deceive him? How can we, how can we deceive this crowd against him? I mean, that was the, 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 they lied in bed thinking about how to deceive Jesus. And yet they never able to, Jesus easily overcame them at every turn, every turn he made in life. But you notice before that happened, the Bible says that he went up out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Remember that? After he got water baptized by John in the Jordan River, he went into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And the Bible says he was there for 40 days and 40 nights and with the wild beasts. Think about that. Jesus went out into a place where there were wild animals. The Bible makes mention. A lot of people don't even think about that. But Jesus, for 40 days, 40 nights, he's out there. It's survival mode, right? And I mean, there's creatures out there that'll kill you. They'll eat you alive. And so he was with these wild animals. But you know what? When he completed that time, he came out of the wilderness and now entered into full-time ministry where he dealt with wild, animal-like humans that are under the power of Satan. Why was Jesus able to deal with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the liars and deceivers that were constantly plotting his downfall, lying in wait to catch him? Well, he had learned that out in the wilderness with the wild animals. He had defeated them there. See, it's, in other words, you can compare the two. Human beings can be even worse than wild animals. Some of the people that Jesus faced were a lot harder to deal with than some of those sounds he heard out there in the wilderness, I'm sure. So we have to realize people are beast-like, base, wicked people, full of darkness, plotting and planning your downfall. It's amazing to think that there are people right now that would love to destroy your life because you're a Christian. Just because you're a Christian. They would love to destroy your life. They would love to not just shut down this church for a couple of months. They would love to shut it down forever and destroy every Christian in it. No, there are people like that. Now, see, the average person doesn't think this way. So, therefore, that doesn't even seem real. It's like the mind doesn't even really go there. But it is real. And it's something we got to get a hold of. We've got to be willing to see what we need to see so that we're not overcome by the darkness, by the deception of this world. That's why the scriptures are telling us. I remember one day when that particular part of the scripture jumped out at me and I just stopped. And I thought, wow. Because that was so foreign to me that there are people that by their trickery in the cunning craftiness of their deceitful plotting. They're trying to take people down. It's like, wow, you know, because 
I'm so far from that. I mean, I'm going completely in the opposite direction, man. I'm looking to build bridges for people. I'm, I'm looking to find people that are caught in snares and get them out of the snare as fast as I can, right? Isn't that what we're all wanting to do as, as Christians? We want to, I mean, we want to rescue people. We're in, the, we're in the business of setting captives free. And so then you look over here, you see something that com- the Bible says is completely the opposite. You got to watch about going into denial and thinking, that, no, 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 it's not there. Because that's a part of being deceived. You have to be willing to see if you're going to be a person that walks in the light. If you're going to be a person that is light to this world. You've got to be willing to see what a lot of people, they're not even willing to see. (laughs) I think of over in Acts chapter 7, Stephen, the first recorded Christian martyr, right? Recorded in the Word of God. Stephen is out there preaching, and he is preaching good, as Stevens usually do, by the Holy Ghost, right? Stephen's out there, he just preaching the gospel, man. And there's these people that have set him up. They actually hired people and got people that would, and they call them worthless people, just, just real base, worthless people, filthy people, to, to come in and, hey, I want you to lie about Stephen. You say this, that, and the next thing about him, you know. So these guys came, and they set him up, and they lied. And what did Stephen do? He just got up and started preaching. Yeah, he just started preaching. He started, I think he started with Abraham and just, just took off from there. Moses, he's preaching the whole Bible to these guys. You know? And uh, the light was getting so strong and the conviction was getting so strong in these people that were, that were there listening to this. They were kind of forced into having to listen to him, I guess. They, they, they so did not want to, to believe this, but it was becoming so evident. I mean, Stephen, by the Holy Spirit, was making it so clear. These guys knew the Bible, the Old Testament, and he's just going through it, and he's just, lay, he's just making his case so clear to these guys that who Jesus is, why he came, why he, why he was crucified. He's laying it out there. He's preaching it with conviction and power in faith. And these guys start seeing it, and they don't want to see it. So the Bible says that they stopped up their ears. Think about that. They stopped up their ears and ran at him, gnashing their teeth. I mean, they charged. They start yelling because they don't want to hear him. They don't want the truth to penetrate the darkness. Why? Because that's what they want. They were unwilling to see the truth. They could have. They didn't want to see it. These are some nasty, nasty people. I think of the the religious leaders that were all about the priests, that were all about having Jesus crucified. And then an angel comes, right? Rolls the stone away. Looks out there at the guards. They got these guards all around protecting the tomb so nobody come and steal the body, right? And the angel looks at him and goes, you want a piece of this? And they all, oh, they all fall frozen to the ground. I mean, they're just like, oh, they go into shock. They're stunned. This angel's standing there. So I guess after the angel left, they, these guys, they left, they're shaking. They're, they're te- these are soldiers. They're terrified what they just saw. They go back to the priest and they say, this is what happened. And instead of the priest going, 
Are you kidding me? No. <gasps> no, there's an angel. He rolled the stone away. <sighs> I'm telling you, the guy rose from the dead. An angel. And, and, and the religious leaders look and they go, all right, listen, we're going to give you some money. Now, you don't tell anybody about this. What you do is you just say they came and stole his body, all right? And we'll cover you with the governor, okay, that you don't get in any trouble. All right? Capiche? Everything's going to be all right. And those guys walk away with the money. And these guys that know Jesus rose from the dead, instead of going, oh, God, we have crucified the Christ. It was all true. Instead of doing that, they're like, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Wow, these are really blind people. But you know what? They want to be blind. So Satan, the god of this world, the Bible says in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, he has blinded the eyes of who? The unbeliever. In other words, the person that chose not to see it. They chose to believe a lie. Because they chose to believe a lie, now enemy comes and he just blinds them. Making it almost impossible for them to get free. So, you know, that's why we don't want to yield for lies because when we yield to the enemy, he'll come and he'll bring more darkness and he'll blind our eyes. He'll blind our eyes. If we're, if, listen, if we're not willing to see something, then he's got legal right to make you blind because if you're not willing to see it, he might as well just poke your eyes out spiritually and blind you because you're not willing to see anyway. Now you can't see a whole lot of things that you might want to see, see? So that's how the enemy gets power over people's life, by blinding their eyes. So, Lord, we just thank God right now. Let's just say this together. Say, Lord, forgive me for anything I've done to allow darkness to blind my spiritual eyes. Forgive me. Open my eyes now. Help me to be willing to see everything that I am to see. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, a lot of folks, they might not want to see because if they see, then they're going to have to go humble themselves and repent to somebody. They're going to have to go apologize to somebody. You know, I was wrong. I'm not going to go and tell them that. So, no, I'm not wrong. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that I'm wrong because then I have to go to them and tell them I'm wrong and I can't do that. All right, here comes the blinder. Here comes the enemy. He's going to put it over your eyes, man. And there's some things you're going to want to see you're not going to be able to see because you're allowing blindness. You're allowing darkness to come into your life. All right, so we don't want any darkness in our life. Here's what it says in the Bible translation, New King James. It says a little differently on the computer. It says, the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. In deceitful plotting. Plotting. There's folks that are actually plotting against, against other people. And it's secret plotting. Because remember, Ephesians 3 he says in verse 12, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. So it's a secret plotting. In other words, they don't just do things out there. They're not honest. They're very secretive as they plot against people. And of course, that is what a conspiracy is. A conspiracy is a plot or plan, a scheme. A scheme. So when it's talking about this plotting of wicked men, it's talking about a conspiracy. Conspiracy. Now when I say the word conspiracy to you, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? 
Conspiracy theory. How did I know that? That's incredible. I walk in such light. How did I know that you were thinking that? It's amazing. No, I knew that's what you were thinking. Why? Because that's all you seem to be hearing these days is conspiracy theory. In fact, it's almost like one word. It's almost like conspiracy and theory just go together. That's why as soon as I say conspiracy, everyone, theory. He's talking about a conspiracy theory. No, I just talk about a conspiracy. What's a conspiracy? A conspiracy is a, a plot, a secret plot, or plan, a scheming. And we know the devil is a schemer, isn't that right? Over here at Ephesians again, chapter 6, and in verse 11, it tells us, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Well, my margin says for that word wiles, schemings. The schemings of the devil. So he says, put on the whole armor of God. Why? Because there's a conspirator out there. The devil is a conspirator. And he would love for you to think that what I'm saying is just a theory. In fact, all of those that would yield to this conspirator and be a part of any kind of conspiracy where they're what? Where they're lying in wait to deceive. Where they are deceitfully plotting against other people. They would love for you to believe it's all just a theory. What is a theory? A theory is an unproved assumption. An unproved assumption. In other words, it's like there's no facts. There's no facts to it. I love Kenneth Hagin, you know, uh, a spiritual father to me in the faith, brother Kenneth E. Hagin. Uh, he, he, he said that a theory, I love the way he said it. He said a theory is a supposition established upon ignorance of the subject under discussion. Amen. That's what he said. That's what he said. A theory is a, sub, a supposition established upon ignorance of the subject under discussion. In other words, there's just ignorance in it. People really don't know whether it's real or not. And in the world we live in today, anything that's a conspiracy, which we know is not of God. How many people know God isn't in the conspiracy business? Uh, I'm not a conspirator. I'm not conspiring against other people's lives. I'm not lying in wait to deceive and plotting. I trust that you're not either. But there are people like that. And so they would love for you to believe that a conspiracy is a theory. See? We're not really concerned about it for ourselves because we're not conspirators. We're not a part of a conspiracy to undermine other people. But people that are, they would love for you to just say it's a theory. It's a theory. In other words, no matter, regardless of the scriptures, regardless of the facts, it's a theory. It'll always be a theory. Why? Because that gives them cover to continue in their conspiracy. Now, is there a conspiracy to overthrow the governments of the world and to bring about a new one world order. 
Is that, is that happening? Is, that, is, that go, is it going on right now? That's, that's the big question. I know we go to the book of Revelation. It talks about, you know, this new one world order where the Antichrist comes into power. And he, the more I study him, well, he is a wicked, wicked schemer. Really, really dark, dark individual. I mean, there's been a lot of murderers, uh, you know, murderous dictators, and wicked men throughout history. This guy is like all of them put together and more. I mean, that's how evil he is. He's really, really bad. So we hear about this new one world order and the mark of the beast where people are going to have to receive, you know, a microchip or some kind, some kind of mark in their, in their hand or on their forehead and they won't be able to buy or sell without it, you know. And so today, you know, with this virus that has broken out, this coronavirus and the shutdown of the government and, and, and all that's going on, there are a lot of talks about a conspiracy, that it's all part of a conspiracy. Well, is it? Is it a conspiracy or is it just a conspiracy theory? And that doesn't have really any facts to it. Are you able to answer that question? Well, I'll help you to answer it. By just going through the history of the Bible. How many people know there was an angel by the name of Lucifer who conspired against the throne of God and he drew a third of the angels into a major conspiracy to to plot against God, to plot the downfall of the Most High. You read about it in Isaiah chapter 14. Where he said, I'll ascend above the clouds. I'll set my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the most high. But of course, God knew what was coming. And God cast him and the angels down with him. And now today, they are the devil and demons. And they're here on the earth. And so here they are on the earth. God creates man in his own image and his own likeness. And what happens? Satan devises a plan. He gets into a serpent. He deceives the woman and takes down the man, Adam. It was a conspiracy. It was a conspiracy. Then after that, we have where he led a conspiracy to get most of the world population after the flood of Noah to build a tower to heaven, to create a one-world atheistic government where they would be as God. It was a conspiracy against God. And the Bible says God came down and he saw what they, had, they were doing. And he said, now, they're all in one accord like this. Nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. And so God scattered them. He scattered them all over the face of the earth. And so they ceased building the tower and that one world government stopped. So again, Lucifer, he's trying to overthrow the throne of God, establish his own government, a new, a new world government or a new universe government. Okay, he wants to rule everything. And then he overthrows Adam real quick after Adam was just shortly in reign over the earth. He had been given dominion, absolute rule and authority over the earth for a short period of time. He was overthrown. And then he came after the flood and he tried to overthrow the world again, tried to establish a one world government. 
And then, you know, Moses comes along, and there's others we can do. I'm not going to cover everything, but then Moses comes along, and uh, he's leading God's people. He's anointed to, to rule over God's people, Israel. He brings them out of Egypt, signs, wonders, miracles, all these great things. And then somehow, the devil is able to get into this man by the name of Korah, and Korah is able to draw a whole bunch of Israelites into a conspiracy to overthrow Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Well, God disapproved of that so much that the ground opened up and swallowed up Korah and all his company. But there again, a conspiracy, a conspiracy. It didn't just happen in one day. It was a conspiracy to try to take out Moses, to overthrow the government that God had established or was establishing through Moses. And God was establishing his government for Israel. But again, the enemy was trying to to take it down. And then while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, the Moabites, a foreign power, they're over here and they're trying to curse Israel and do everything they can because they're afraid of Israel. And finally they come up with a plan and they send some women in there and they seduce some of the leaders of Israel and then that spread and ended up seducing a lot of the people so that they're all in a marrying with the Moabites and it was all a plot and a plan It was a conspiracy to take down the nation. And it ended up bringing curses upon them. And thousands of people died. But it was a wicked conspiracy. Let's do this. Let's bring these people in. Let's do this. And they were devising and plotting. And they seduced and tricked the Israelites through the lust of the flesh. So we see conspiracies all through history. We come up to the kings of Israel. Here's King David, right? And David is this incredible king, but he has a son by the name of Absalom. And the enemy, the devil, comes and possesses Absalom, and Absalom leads a conspiracy against his own father, David. Notice the word conspiracy. Over here in 2 Samuel chapter 15. Let's look at that conspiracy really quick. 2 Samuel 15 verse 12. It says, Then Absalom sent for Ahithola, the Gileadite, David's counselor, from his city, from Gilo, while he offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy grew strong for the people with Absalom continually increased in number. What was this a conspiracy? What was this conspiracy all about? To overthrow the government of Israel again. And you know, the devil was obsessed with it because you start going through all the different kings of Israel. Uh, Joash in 2 Kings chapter 12 Verse 2 says, Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days in which Jehodiel, the priest, instructed him. Then you jump down to verse 20 and it says, And his servants arose and formed a conspiracy and killed Joash in the house of the miller which goes down to Selah. So there was a conspiracy and they killed the man, the king. Overthrew the government. Then in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 18, it says, Now the rest of the acts of Amaziah, another king of Israel, 
Are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And they formed a conspiracy against him in Jerusalem, and he fled to Lashish, but they sent after him to Lashish and killed him there. How were they able to kill this king? It was a conspiracy. They almost killed David. 2 Kings chapter 15 talks about King Zechariah, how he had only been in power for six months. And the Bible says in verse 10, Then Shalom, the son of Jabesh, conspired against him and struck and killed him in front of the people, and he reigned in his place. Conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy. Second Kings chapter 15, verse 30. Then Hosea, the son of Elah, led a conspiracy against Pekah, the son of Remiliah, and struck and killed him. So he reigned in his place in the 20th year of Jotham, the son of Uzziah. Huh. Conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy. Conspiracy sounds like a Bible word. Doesn't it? Doesn't sound like a bad word. Doesn't sound like a word we should take 10 steps back from. And, hmm, I don't know, it's a conspiracy. Doesn't sound like a theory. Looks to me like it's theology. It's theology. It's not just a theory. Conspiracies. And notice these conspiracies. Overthrowing government. Overthrowing government. Overthrowing government. And what's happening? Tyrants coming in. Tyrants. Ruthless tyrants coming in. Forcing themselves into power. Not doing things legally. Not coming up the right way. Not following God's process. Tyrants. Tyrants. Trying to overthrow the government. Why? So you could control the people. Friend, I got news for you. This has been going on from eternity past. This goes all the way back to Lucifer. So I ask the question again. Is there a conspiracy today to overthrow the governments of the world and try to rein in some kind of new world order? Absolutely yes. Do you think for one second Satan has stopped? He's been doing this from the beginning. He's been doing it from the beginning. And as we looked at previously over in 1 John chapter 4, I think it's verse 13, where it talks about that there are many antichrists because the spirit of antichrist is here already now in the earth. Yes, the day is coming for the antichrist, but I got news for you, friend. There are many antichrists here already, and what are they doing? They are setting things up for the Antichrist because that's what Antichrists do. People that yield to the Antichrist spirit, they are always setting things up for the Antichrist. That ultimate wicked ruler who will, for a short while, rule the entire earth and do much harm, bring about much destruction in the world. Yeah, he's coming. He's coming. But before that, there's people that are ever trying to follow in his footsteps, to be like the Antichrist. A lot, a lot of Antichrist trying to be like the Antichrist. And so the church should not have its head in the sand and mimic what the devil is inspiring the people in the dark to say. Oh, it's a conspiracy theory. Oh, it's a conspiracy theory. Oh, it's a conspiracy. Now, there are some all kinds of wacky theories out there. I don't pay any attention to them. 
But not everything is a theory. Number one, this overthrow of the government is theology. It's, it's been going on. And it hasn't stopped. We know, spiritually, this is going on. So now, where is it happening and who is it coming through? How can we know? Being skillful in the word of righteousness. Having your senses exercised to discern good and evil. To be able to recognize the good, recognize the evil. We need to be able to discern that. That's number one. We need to be able to discern the spirit of Antichrist. We need to be able to recognize deception when people are walking in it. When people are trying to deceive you, you should be able to pick that up, see that. Now add to that, not only scripture, not only discernment of the spirit, but now add the facts to it. Then you got people with track records. Then you got facts being added to it. And yet people still, eh, I don't know. And now we're getting over here into Christians talking about theory. Theory, theory. Hey, stay away from conspiracy theories. Stay away from conspiracy theories. What do you mean? Turn the blind eye to that. Don't pay any attention to that. Well, that's a great way to let that conspiracy blossom and bloom and grow. I got news for you. We never would have won the Revolutionary War if pastors and churches turned a deaf ear and were blind towards what was going on in the nation at that time. It was the church that really was the force, with God, of course, behind the success of that revolutionary movement and that revolutionary war. It was the church. It was the church. It's God's people. Walking in the light and doing what light does. What does it do? Go back to Ephesians chapter 5. He says in verse 13... But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. So if you're the light, you are lighting up the darkness, man. You are manifesting the works of darkness. You are manifesting evil. You're calling it out. You're calling it out. You're exposing it. And that word exposed, that can also be translated reprove. You're reproving it. You're rebuking it. You're standing up to it. You're shining the light on it. That's what we do. You got to watch about just, uh, it's just a theory. It's just a theory. I'm not going to pay any attention to that. I'm not going to pay any attention to that. Then there, you close your ears and you blind your eyes. No, no, no. We, we rise up. We expose these. Oh, no. I've seen people, you know. They get all upset. Somebody's exposing darkness. They're exposing it. You know, on social media or something. They're out there saying, you know, blah, blah, blah. Laying out the facts of what this particular governor over here has done and things like that. And they lay it out. They lay out the facts. And then people say, you know, we're Christians. Where's the love? Now, this, this gets into something that I, I'm probably going to hit on Wednesday night in part two of what we were ministered on this past Wednesday night. But the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. So love covers. Thank God for it. So love covers. So people see that. See, we see that love covers. And you're not should be out here. And you shouldn't be saying those things. And, and talking bad about those people. What they're doing. That's, that's not Christianity. That's not Christ-like. That's not godly. That's not love. Where's the love, Christians? Where's the love? Where's the light? 
Where's the light? So love covers, light exposes. See, the church has to get the balance and understand what the Bible's saying. We have to understand that there's a time to cover and there's a time to expose. And love and light, they work together. They're not in opposition to each other. Love is covering. It's covering a person's sin and it's not bringing shame to them. But at the same time, it's exposing people that are devising and plotting and doing evil things, especially in government, especially among leaders. We should be especially watchful seeing all the conspiracies against the kings of Israel. Seeing all these conspiracies, shouldn't we be watchful and say, we got to protect our government. We got to guard it because we know what the devil does. We know he wants to have his own government. He's been wanting that from the beginning since the fall of Adam. He's been wanting that since trying to overthrow the throne of God. That's how brazen he is. We should know this. He is a conspirator and his primary target is governments because he wants to rule the world. He wants to rule people. So it is theology, this conspiracy. And there are people, men who lie in wait, who plot in secret under the inspiration of the devil to carry these things out. Do you understand that? That is theology. That is not theory. That is happening. So now we should not be ignorant of Satan's devices and thus see where he's moving and what he's doing and oppose it so that he can't have his way. First place we oppose it, like I said, is in prayer. We come at these things in prayer. We take our authority over evil spirits. We tell the devil, take your hands off the politics of this nation. You got no business in this government. We rule here. We're the body of Christ. We've got the ultimate authority. We've got the name of Jesus, see? We've got the ultimate authority. We got the ultimate say what goes on in this nation. And we take authority over our state and over our nation. Because that's the place that has been given to us. And we have to be aware of what's going on so we can utilize the authority God has given us as we ought to. Not walking around going, I'm just thinking love thoughts. I'm just thinking love thoughts. I think one of the things that just drive me crazy. And there's so much I could say here. But we're going to wrap it up now. But one of the things that just, I don't, it doesn't drive me crazy because craziness is a part of the curse. And, I, and I'm, I'm not crazy. I, I, I've been reading from the curse. But it just, it makes me marvel. That's a better word. I don't go crazy. I marvel. You've got to choose your words rightly. Thank you, Lord. But I just model it. You know, it's like, it's like, all right, stop with the conspiracy theories, church. These are the five things you need to be focused on during this time. Number one, make sure you spend time with your kids. Number two, make sure you relax. Take it easy. This is some good downtime. Number three, of course, if you're losing your business and everything else, I don't know how good downtime is. You don't have any money, you can't buy anything. Anyway, number three, you know, you know, love, 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 relax, do all these things. Let me just jump to number five. Number five is my favorite. Put down some goals. This is a great time for goals. Yeah, it's a great time for goals. So that when the enemy takes over your government because you're thinking about your own personal life and your goals and you're completely ignorant of the conspiracy that's taking place because it's just a theory, then your goals can go in the trash 
Because if they lock everything down and make this a permanent thing, which they'd love to do, there are those that would love to do that. Do you believe that? There's men who lie and wait and plot. Do you think they're out there? Yes. I don't know what you're going to do with your goals. I think we've got to take care of business first. Thank God for goals, but let's take care of business first. Let's rise up, take our place of authority, and let's make sure these principalities, powers, rules of the darkness that are working through dark, devious, ignorant, deceived deceivers in this world, they don't have their way in this land. We're shining the light. I believe that. I believe when I'm praying, I'm taking authority, I'm shooting light beams, man. When I pray for the president, it's like I just shot, I got this laser. Man, I got light going in there to the the White House. Light goes around the president. His whole head is just covered with light. He sees every kind of deceiver around him. Praise God. I call some of those deceivers out that I know in the spirit. Yeah, no, according to some facts too. I call them out in the name of Jesus. Exposed in Jesus' name. We just light them up. We got to get the light on them. We were praying the other day. Praying in the Holy Spirit. And Jean, while she was praying, she, uh, she saw, I was getting light, light, light. She saw, all of a sudden, in the spirit, she saw these cockroaches come running out, you know. Well, you know, I remember on, in the food business, and it had nothing to do. We, had a, we ran a very clean place, but we were in a mall, and the mall was infested with roaches. And, uh, and so anyway, you know, you had to keep using an exterminator to keep them out of your place, you know, because they were all over the place. So you'd get a delivery with a box and, you know, with canned stuff or whatever that had roaches in it. I mean, because it came from a warehouse that had roaches in it, okay? So it's not necessarily a reflection of the business. I just want to make that clear. But anyway, you know, you'd walk, into this, you'd walk into this store, you know, in the morning, turn the light on. These things start running. They just start running into the walls, you know. And then they're gone all day. You don't hear from them all day long. But they're plotting. You know they're plotting. They're sitting there plotting. How are they going to get the next crumb that falls from the table? You know they're plotting. But they're there. They're there. They're hidden in the walls. Those dirty little things are hidden in the walls. Friends, the same way in the natural. There are a lot of dirty little things. A lot of little dirty little folks. Filthy, abominable, base, dishonorable, liars. That's what they are. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I don't mean to sound nasty. I I don't hate anybody. I'm just letting you know what the Bible says. They're out there. The Bible tells you they're out there. You better, be, better believe the Bible. And uh, we're the light of the world, man. It's time to cause the cockroaches to scatter. Because they ain't scattering as long as the lights are out. As long as the lights are out, the cockroaches are just, they're eating everything up, man. They'll eat your freedom up just as fast as you can, you can imagine. So we're not, why? Because they want a one-world wicked ruler to run, run this nation, run the world. So we have to, we have to be on top of it. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Somebody say conspiracy theology. That's what we learned about today. And man, trust me, there is a lot more we could cover. We'll see if the Lord lets us do it next week because I could do a whole part two on just the notes that I already have. Amen. Praise God forever. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.